Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the church behind the program, how to contact us, and learn more about the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 6, verses 6 through 10, called Sowing and Reaping. Every decision that you make is about sowing and reaping. Now, you can look at it in a negative way and a positive way. We've all sown things before with our words and our actions that we regretted, right? We sowed something, we planted something into somebody's heart. And just to use the imagery a little bit more, if you want your life to be productive in the things of the Holy Spirit, keep planting things of the Spirit in your life. Because as you plant things of the Spirit in your life, you get into the Word of God, you get into worship, you pray, you're in fellowship, uh, you're uh, listening to Bible teaching, whatever it is, the more you plant into your life of good, wholesome, spiritual things, what's going to come out? is good, wholesome, spiritual things. The seed goes in. Remember, Jesus told the, the parable of the sower. And he said, the Son of Man puts the seed out. The seed goes out. And what depends on the productivity of that harvest is the soil. And in that uh, imagery, when Jesus told that parable, the soil is your heart. And so the seed can go out into your life, but the receptivity of the soil or your, of your heart is all important. On the positive side, it says in Psalm 1-3, the person who meditates on God's word day and night will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and whatever he does prospers. The yield is the crop. In Hebrews 12, 12, 11, speaking of discipline, it says all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who are, have been trained by God's discipline in their life, afterwards, Hebrews 12, 11, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. There's a crop. If, if God disciplines you, get your attention. Maybe he's done that in the last couple months for some of us. And you respond positively to the discipline. You say, okay, Lord, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to align my life to what you're saying to me. It will yield a positive crop. You will reap that. Whatever you sow is going to come out of your life. You might be saying, well, what if I, what if I planted something bad? What if I planted something bad right in the middle of my living room? What if me and my spouse were arguing and I said some not so good words and I sowed those words into my spouse's life or my child's life or a co-worker's life or a friend's life? What do I do now? I planted that seed. Here's what you do. Don't water it. Don't water it. Dig it up and get rid of it. I know some of us prefer the weed whacker. Anybody like the weed whacker? I like the power of the weed whacker. I got one of those really loud ones. I modified it so it could be louder. I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. And, and it's kind of fun. But some of the, I know that when I'm doing the weed whacking, the weeds that I just take the top off, they're coming back, right? It's just a matter of time. You got me now, they might say, right? But I'm coming back. But when you don't water something and you dig it out, you get to the root of the issue, it won't grow in your life. 
And sometimes when we make a mistake and we plant something dumb in a conversation or a heated moment, then we water it more. Well, we're already headed in this direction. Why don't we just add a little bit more water to it? Ever done that before? I don't even know why I'm doing this, but let's water that some more. And the tree grows right in the middle of your living room. Bad fruit. Not what you want in your life. You want to plant good things into your life and the people around you. You want to do the things that can edify. In, Ho- in the book of Hosea, if you'd like to turn to the book of Hosea, it's in the Old Testament. I want to share a couple of parallel passages so you can get an idea of how Israel got themselves in trouble. So one of the minor prophets, Hosea, right before the book of Joel. This is chapter 8 of Hosea, beginning in verse 3. Israel has a lot of things to teach us about sowing and reaping. Let's take a look at a few of them. Hosea 8, 3 says, Israel has rejected the good, the enemy will pursue him. Hosea 8, 4. They have set up kings, but not by me. God speaking through the prophet. They have appointed princes, but I did not know it. With their silver and gold, they have made idols for themselves that they might be cut off. Hosea 8, 5. He has rejected your calf, O Samaria, saying, my anger burns against them. How long will they be incapable of innocence? For from Israel is even this, a craftsman made it, so it is not God. Surely the calf of Samaria will be broken to pieces. For they sow the wind, Hosea 8, 7, and they reap what? The whirlwind. The standing grain has no heads, it yields no grain. Should it yield, strangers would swallow it up. Israel is swallowed up. They are now among the nations like a vessel in which no one delights. And over to Hosea chapter 10. Hosea is a book calling Israel back to God. Their cheating hearts are being called back to God. And God says this through the prophet 10, 12. So with a view to righteousness. This is a little bit of positive stuff now. Reap in accordance with kindness. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes to rain righteousness on you. When we first began live streaming, they were showing incredible numbers of people jumping on the live stream, people giving their lives to Christ, prodigals coming home during the early days of the pandemic, early weeks of the pandemic. I just read an article recently that said in the last four weeks, 50% of Christians that were polled have not watched the service in the last four weeks. Do you know why? Because we be fickle. We are fickle people. We jump on the bandwagon in emergencies, just like ancient Israel did, right? We get, okay, we gotta, let's get serious with God. Things, it's, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Let's, let's, Get right. Let's read our Bibles like we were supposed to be doing, right? And we get all fired up and we're concerned about the things of God, but then things begin to normalize, whatever that means. (laughs) And what do we do? We start to get lazy about the things of God. 50% of the respondents to this poll haven't watched the service in the last four Sundays. What? What, what's happened in the last four Sundays? Well, things are beginning to look a little bit better, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk to God later. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped injustice, verse 13. 
You have eaten the fruit of lies because you've trusted in your way, in your numerous warriors. Back to Galatians 6. I'll give you one more. If you're taking notes, it's Job 4.8. Job 4.8 says, according to what I have seen, those who plow iniquity, those who sow trouble, harvest it. It's the inevitable law of sowing and reaping. And so, what are you sowing to in your life? Well, let's, let, let's talk about the first plank, verse 6. It says, let the one who is taught, Galatians 6, 6, the word, the word is lagon there, or lagos, the word of God, or the gospel, share all good things with him who teaches. Now, again, this was not a self-serving choice of text. This is actually where we are as we go verse by verse through the Bible. NIV says, anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. So I've had a tendency from this pulpit over the years to throw out like candy bars I like. And inevitably, you guys have delivered. I've thrown out, you know, I really like Snickers. And people have showered me with Snickers bars. I am not asking for Snickers. They have given me the king size. Have you seen the, the thing that, you know, you could cut for the next two years and... And, and sometimes they've showered my office with them. Now, I've thrown out the idea of a big screen TV from this pulpit. I've yet to see that delivered. And I don't want it. I'm just joking around. Uh, when I was a young man, I grew up in a Roman Catholic household. And I knew about God. I feared God. And my, uh, my mom and my grandparents made sure I was taught the, the scriptures. But it was, it was from a Roman Catholic point of view. And... So I grew up in that. My family had some bumps and bruises, and we got away from going to church. In my early 20s, I heard the gospel. And when I did, I became a Christian. I, I, almost, I felt like an almost immediate call to the pastoral ministry. It was just like a burning desire. I was in my early 20s at the time. So I was growing. I started going to school for apologetics. And uh, I was uh, made an elder in 1992 at our church at 26 years old. I'm not sure what they were thinking. Ordained to the ministry in 1995. Uh, I became a senior pastor in 1998, but I started pastoring a church that was small, and uh, they could only pay me $200 per sermon I preached. And I had a young family, and you could imagine that that wasn't going to support a young family. And so I had another job. I was in the printing industry, and I was a account exec, and uh, it was a national company, and I was working both jobs. I was the paradoxical pastor salesman. People didn't know how that was possible. How can you be a salesman and a pastor? And I would tell people, you know, you can tell people the truth. Now, in the printing business, our old line used to be, if we didn't deliver a product in time, you would tell the customer the press broke down. That was the famous line. I'm sorry the press broke down, and that's why we don't have your letterhead or business cards to you. But we'll, we'll get that fixed, right? So I used to just tell our customer service people, and I would say this myself, don't do that. Let's not lie to customers. Let's tell them we made a mistake, we blew it on your order, and we'll make it right. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Join Pastor Michael Lance at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona Sunday evening on September 27th. We're going to deal with the topic of suicide. Now, we normally have guest speakers come in, and this time around we have John Noyes. He's on staff with Stand to Reason with Greg Kokel. 
And John does a great job in dealing with the topic, a very hard topic of suicide. And so this touches everybody, and the statistics on suicide are alarming. People who are contemplating suicide, it's alarming. And so we want to deal with it and bring hope and truth and love to the topic. The 633 event, Thinking Biblically About Suicide, is Sunday, September 27th. For details, call 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Ordained to the ministry in 1995. Uh, I became a senior pastor in 1998, but I started pastoring a church that was small, and uh, they could only pay me $200 per sermon I preached. And I had a young family, and you could imagine that that wasn't going to support a young family. And so I had another job. I was in the printing industry, and I was a account exec, and uh, it was a national company, and I was working both jobs. I was the paradoxical pastor salesman. People didn't know how that was possible. How can you be a salesman and a pastor? And I would tell people, you know, you can tell people the truth. Now, in the printing business, our old line used to be, if we didn't deliver a product in time, you would tell the customer the press broke down. That was the famous line. I'm sorry, the press broke down, and that's why we don't have your letterhead or business cards to you, but we'll, we'll get that fixed, right? So I used to just tell our customer service people, and I would say this myself, don't do that. Let's not lie to customers. Let's tell them we made a mistake, we blew it on your order, and we'll make it right. So we started to practice that. My customers were actually refreshed by that. So I remember in the early days, the church was paying me a little bit. We had a volunteer secretary from the church and uh, they would come in and, and kind of, uh, you know, one day here and there and they were volunteers not being paid and they were answering the phone. And I remember one day I was in the church office about like 20 years ago and I said, hey, I'm going to be studying for the sermon this week. So would you please uh, tell people I'm not available? So phone call came and I heard the volunteer secretary at the church say, oh, Pastor Michael's not here right now. <laughs> she was lying to the person on the other side of the phone. And so I had to tell our voluntary secretaries, um, hey, look, we're a church. <laughs> and here's what you can say when people call for me and I've told you that I'm not available. Just say to them, he's not available. You don't have to lie. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> so I say that to you. If that applies to any of you right now, just you can say to people, he's not available right now. And that's okay. All right? Why are you telling that story, Pastor Michael? Well, I don't know. No, no, actually. So during that time, I was bivocational and I was trying to balance uh, putting my time and energy into sermons while working a full-time job and with a young family. So I had made a decision that I wouldn't start working on my sermons until my kids were in bed. And we did that for a while, juggled that ball for about 18 months. And by God's grace, in about the year 2000, I went full-time with the church, which was a great blessing for me and my family. And so this is my 22nd year in this role and my 20th year of doing this full-time. And I am very grateful to all of you because you support me in that. When you give to the church, you allow me to study. 
Acts 6, 4, the apostles responded to a practical need in the fellowship in those early days. We will give ourselves to prayer, Acts 6, 4, and the ministry of the word. And for the last 20 years, I've been able to give myself to that. I'm able to study and break down the original languages and contemplate and pray over texts. And I'll tell you, when I first started, a Sunday sermon would take me 25 hours in preparation. And I was teaching Sundays. I was teaching a midweek Bible study and two men's studies. I was teaching four Bible studies a week in the beginning. Just to prepare those messages alone was a typical 40-hour work week, let alone counseling and the other stuff. I'm not trying to play a violin here. I just want you to understand the value of paying a pastor. Because when a pastor like me can, can prepare a study in the book of Ezra for Wednesday nights, in Galatians for Sunday mornings, teach a men's study on Thursday mornings. Now we have more teachers that have been helping with that. It is a great relief of a burden for me to be able to invest in and lead the church and do all the other things that go with leading a church, which I won't get into right now. So as you guys give, you allow not just me, but other pastors to put their hands to this good work. You allow me to prepare the word of God. And I know that uh, a typical church in America is 90 people or less. We have pastors in rural cities uh, in certain contexts that they are bivocational and they may be for the rest of their lives. And so I don't take for granted that I get, be able, to, I'm able to be paid and give all of my attention to the preparation of the Word of God. I'm grateful to you. And I will tell you this, that during this pandemic, we didn't know what was going to happen with our giving. You guys had to adjust to online giving and some of you dropped checks by the church and we have hit our budget this whole time. We haven't had to sacrifice really anything. We had a, a few people who had other things to do, go off the payroll. But, but I will tell you, for the main things that we do, we've been able to uphold those, including our missionaries, including our radio ministry, including our, the bulk of our employees. And, and that is just to your credit that you guys have prioritized the kingdom of God. You've been sharing, and uh, it's kept us right where we need to be. See, the pastor's job is to feed the flock or to use the agricultural image to sow good seed into your lives. And a lot of the uh, verses that are shared in the New Testament, although we are encouraged to do individual Bible reading, I encourage you to read your Bible every day. Most of the pastoral letters, First and Second Timothy and Titus, deal with the pastor's responsibility to equip the flock to pour seeds into the flock that are healthy and good to teach the people of God the word of God. And I will tell you that you and I should be supporting ministries that are true to the word of God. Amen? Men who are in the pulpit faithfully preaching and teaching God's word without compromise, hopefully doing it with compassion, with grace, but unvarnished truth. That's what we need. People who have come to our country in past days, and seen the greatness of America, you've heard the quotes before, said that the greatness of America could be largely attributed to the pulpits of America. And if the pulpits of America get watered down or somehow hold back the seed that needs to be shared, the fruit of it, we will reap what we sow or what we do not sow. Everybody with me? 
This is part of what I think we've encountered in our country. And this is why the pulpits of America need to get back to the instruction of the Word of God. Because it shapes a community, does it not? It, the Word of God shapes your life. Now, it's not always easy to hear. The pruning, which is part of another agricultural image, is sometimes hard. You prune you know, some plants so that they'll grow more. But when you're pruning, you're cutting back. And sometimes you ah! And all God's people say, ooh! And all God's people say, ah! I feel you. Usually I get the ooh and the ah during the week and then I want to pass it on to you so I'm not all alone. And so sometimes I know all God's people say, ouch, I feel you. But see, this is part of the process so that we can grow and produce fruit. You're listening to Sowing and Reaping Part 2 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Pastor Michael's teachings on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, just an FYI, Pastor Michael is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. And you're invited to attend our Wednesday night and Sunday morning services in person, or live streamed on YouTube. Join Pastor Michael in the Living Truth Christian Fellowship family in worship and an in-depth teaching in the Bible. You can find Living Truth Christian Fellowship on YouTube and by going to walkintruth.com. Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team would love it if you joined us. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a word. Well, you may be asking the question, what does sowing and reaping mean for the believer as opposed to the unbeliever? Well, you know, This concept of sowing and reaping, I think, applies to both. It's just a general principle. But remember that the passages that are written in Scripture are really to believers. And so this idea of sowing and reaping is for a believer. Now, it does apply to an unbeliever as well. And certainly we can see that in Galatians chapter 6. But let's talk about the believer. So, you know what? We're forgiven of our sin and uh, positionally righteous before God because of the merits of Christ. So what does sowing and reaping mean to us? Well, (laughs) we still have a responsibility to sow to good things, to sow to the Spirit. And the truth is that if we're a Christian and we're sowing to the flesh, we're still going to reap of the flesh. We're still going to reap negative things in our lives. Now, I can't tell you what that always looks like, but I can tell you this. If you're a believer— and you're sowing bad seeds, so to speak, then it's still going to come out in your life. And it can come out in discipline. It can come out in consequence. It can come out in losing your witness to loved ones. There's still a lot at stake. And so even though you're saved, you still need to sow to the Spirit. And that's how uh, we'll have more and more good fruit in our lives. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. Of course not. But it means you want to be consistently sowing good seed. And that good seed really is the Word of God going into your life and into the lives of others. Speaking of the Word of God, we have a midweek service every Wednesday night at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor. Now, the worship service at on Wednesday nights, and by the way, I just want to let you know that we're going through the Psalms on Wednesday night, and we've called it Medicine for the Soul. The Psalms are so powerful. Right now, I'm teaching through the Shepherd Psalms, and I'd love for you to join us. 7 p.m. Wednesday nights, Living Truth in the City of Corona. It's at 1009 Arsenal Way, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. 
Now, you can also watch this service live stream if you can't make it, if you're too far away. But I'll tell you this, if you've been out of fellowship for a while and you can come and you're in within driving distance, come on out. Corporate worship, being together, there's nothing like it. And so you can get all the information when you download the Living Truth app from your app store. Look for the red logo with the pillars. You'll find out about all of our events, all of our Bible studies, service times, and you can also find out all of it at walkintruth.com. Hey, we so appreciate you listening, and I want to take a moment to acknowledge some new givers to Walk in Truth. Now, they may have been listening for a while, but they're brand new givers, and I tell you what, our Listening family is precious to us, and I want to just thank all of you who pray for us, who give regularly to this program. We're so grateful. And I just want to acknowledge some new givers like Dina and Lakewood, Dale in Norco, Javier in Lakewood, Linda in San Fernando, and Daniel in Los Angeles. Now, those names mean a lot to us because they took time to give. And you know what? Uh, this ministry is a partnership. It's supported by listeners just like you. And if you've been blessed f- for a while, and let's say that Walk in Truth is part of your daily drive time or your daily devotional life, if you could partner with us, we want to reach more people just like you. And so thank you so much. You can find out how to give at walkintruth.com. Well, we continue to move verse by verse through Galatians, and we'll see you tomorrow right here for the final part on sowing and reaping. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 6, verses 6 through 10, called Sowing and Reaping. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people. 